What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Matt Lombardo Show. Free agency is well underway. And of course, I am heavy sports senior NFL insider Matt Lombardo. Great to have you here. We have a really fun show coming up. A little bit later on, we'll be joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer, Chicago Bears legend Mike Singletary to get his thoughts on what the team that he used to coach, the San Francisco 49ers, have done early in free agency. The big time upgrades the Chicago Bears have made and where that franchise now sits in the NFC North hierarchy. We'll get into some of the biggest surprises of free agency, the teams that have helped themselves the most, some of the players that might be a little bit surprising that they haven't moved on and guys that are available. We'll break it all down and a whole lot more. It's going to be a real fun show. But as always, just a little bit of housekeeping for you. If you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and check us out at heavy.com slash videos. That's the new home for the Matt Lombardo show, where you find all of the analysis, every episode, each and every week, all of the guest interviews, everything you could want from this show is at heavy.com slash videos. And if you enjoy my work, please go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. You can check out the column each and every week at heavy.com going up on Wednesday mornings. But let's get right into it in our conversation with Mike Singletary. This conversation should be a lot of fun. Joining me now, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Chicago Bears legend. You know him as one of the monsters of the midway. Mike Singletary joins us. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. And of course, you're brought to us by New Teen. You're joining us on behalf of New Teen. Uh, tell us how you got started with them and what New Teen has going on right now. Well, um, I, I first met uh, New Teen just by looking at some of their advertising or what have you. And um, as I began to look at what they were offering and what the product really uh, could possibly do, it uh, became evident to me that this is something that I, I want to take as much as I possibly can because as a former athlete and particularly football player and middle linebacker, uh, doing a lot of headbanging, I said, you know, I've had uh, some former teammates that uh, really have struggled, uh, you know, at, at 45, 55 um, with memory issues, focus issues, those kinds of things. And, you know, I'm thinking, wow, I, I know I had more physicality, um, you know, head issues, uh, head banging and things like that than most. And right. so I, I really want to look into this. And I have a couple of, of um, um, basically uh, brain surgeons, uh, neuroscience uh, type uh, people and really called them and talked to them about looking at this particular product and, and tell me about it. What, what do you see? What do you think? And so uh, Dr. Bajor got back to me and he said, Mike, he said, they certainly don't have anything that can hurt you. So I see some things. It's always that, a good start, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good place to start. And uh, so he said, I, I see some, some, some good components in here. And the fact that they were FDA approved in Canada before America, that's big because uh, Canada really takes you through a lot of um, uh, loops and holes and all kind of stuff. And so um, that really got my ear and my attention. And so I've been been taking it and, and it uh, to me, it makes a difference. And I, I'll continue to take it because to me, it, it keeps me in front of any of uh, possible issues. 
So I'd love to get your thoughts on the San Francisco 49ers, especially when you look at their defensive line. They have Nick Bosa there. They go out and they add Javon Hargrave. Could that group have thrived during your era? Could they have played at a really high level back when you uh, were playing some of the best football in, in league history? You know what? I, I think that um, Hargrave, I don't know as much about. I, I know he's a good football player. Bosa, you know, absolutely. Um, Bosa is a, is a bona fide player. I mean, he comes off. Uh, I, I like the way he plays. He plays really hard. And Hargrave, I'm, I'm, I, um, I, I, I kind of get, uh, I, I've seen him, but not as much as I've seen Bosa. And, um, but yeah, absolutely. And you look at Fred Warner. Does he remind you of anybody that, that you've watched play over the years? Does he remind you at all of yourself? Because you look at Fred Warner, always around the football, certainly a leader, certainly a guy who can deliver a pop every now and then. What are your thoughts on him as a player? And is there anybody that he reminds you of a little bit? You know, I, I think um, when when I think of Warner, I, I there was a linebacker that used to play for the uh, Atlanta um, – uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he was a uh, he's an All Pro linebacker. He did a great job. He was always around the ball. wasn't as uh, wasn't a big guy, but um, just had a knack for being around the football and made good plays. And when I think of Warner, he kind of reminds me of that guy. I'm trying to think of his name. He's he's a good football player, but um, played for Atlanta. And of course, you were one of the monsters of the midway, one of the best to ever play the position. When you look at the Chicago Bears and what they've done this offseason already, they bring in Tremaine Edmonds, they bring in TJ Edwards, two of the top off-ball linebackers available for a defense that's kind of taken its lumps in the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on the moves that the Bears have made and that those two guys specifically, what they can bring to that defense? Well, I, I think that, you know, anytime that you're playing Tampa 2, uh, you got to get people that can run. And for the Bears, it's uh, being able to make sure that they have some of those uh, defensive linemen that can come off the ball. It's great to have. Um, it's great to have linebackers. It's great to have corners. But Tampa two is all about being able to put pressure on the quarterback with four guys, and um, those four guys got to got to go. And if they can do that, then they've got a chance to make uh, make strides. And of course, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's headed to the New York Jets. You look at that division, obviously, you know, Jordan Love is a bit of a, an unknown at this point, right? The Detroit Lions, there's a lot of talent there. They were knocking on the doorstep of the postseason a year ago. It seems like the Vikings are maybe beginning a rebuild, at least a retooling and getting younger on defense. The Bears are making moves, and they have a lot of draft capital. They still have a lot of draft uh, cap space. Am I crazy to think that the Bears could be that team that takes that mantle in the NFC North and runs with it? Well, it's, it's going to be very interesting. As you said, uh, Detroit, I think Detroit is uh, physical. They're, they're one of the more physical teams in the league, and I think uh, in the end that, that's, that's what's going to win. Uh, the physicality, I, I think um, – I'm excited about the Bears in terms of um, they've got some really key players at key positions, starting with the quarterback. Uh, I think this is the year that the quarterback uh, takes a huge step. And um, 
they, they've got to protect him a little bit better and, and not have him running all over the field and, and getting banged up, but uh, being able to throw the football and really develop as a passer and as a quarterback. So that, that's really the first thing. Um, so the offensive line is certainly, they've got to have some answers there. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, as I said before, they they gotta they gotta get those those horses up front, man. They gotta be able to come after the quarterback without uh, blitzing, and uh, if they can do that, it's it's gonna make a big difference. What do you think of the job that Ryan Poles, the general manager, has done in Chicago? Because obviously you move down from the number one pick to number nine, but you get DJ Moore, who's a prolific game-breaking wide receiver for your quarterback. They signed one of the best guards in Nate Davis in free agency. They have multiple first-round picks next year, multiple second-round picks this year. What do you think of the job that, that Ryan Poles has done building around Justin Fields, especially over the last couple of weeks? I think it says a lot. Um, you know, now it just comes down to the, the leadership, uh, the leadership of the team, uh, making sure that guys step up and, and uh, be accountable and, and take ownership. And, um, you know, it'll be amazing what can happen. But I really, really, um, I'm just excited to see the, uh, the maturity of Justin Fields. I think that's going to be a huge key. And on the defensive side of the ball, those, those, uh, those front four guys, um, that's going to make a tremendous difference. So, Mike, how has new team benefited your life since you've partnered with them, since you started using the product? How have they benefited you? New team? Yeah. I, I just think that being able to, first of all, from a mental standpoint, just to stay ahead of the game, to know that you're doing something, to know that you're taking a product, that uh, you're being proactive about your health, particularly your mental health, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of things where, you know, I, I've got to be focused in, in what I'm doing and and I got to be on my, my A game. And so... For me, in, in business and and um, speaking and and teaching some of those other things, uh, I've I've got to be I've got to be on my A game at all times. How can people find out more? Well, uh, Amazon. You can go uh, Amazon.com. You, you can certainly go there, and um, I, I think more and more you you will see them uh, in ads and things like that, and hopefully television not not very long from now but but uh certainly amazon is definitely a place you can go and, and find them he's mike singletary pro football hall of famer for the chicago bears brought to us on behalf of new team mike appreciate the time look forward to talking to you further up the road thank you very much yeah mike's great and i always really enjoy picking the brain of guys who have been at the premier levels of the sport, the guys who are in the Hall of Fame that played the sport at its highest level at their best. And I do think that it's going to be really interesting to watch what his two teams that he was connected with do this year in the Chicago Bears and the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that the 49ers really are one of those teams that help themselves the most in free agency. They didn't waste any time. And we talked about this last week during the legal tampering period of free agency, that one of the moves that I liked the most was bringing Javon Hargrave from Philadelphia and dropping him into that defensive line alongside, you know, guys like Joey Bosa, guys like Eric Armstead. It's going to be a really tough defensive line to block, but the 49ers weren't the only team 
that helped themselves out in free agency. They weren't the only team that made significant moves that I think could really alter the trajectory of the franchise this season. And one of the teams that I really like what they've done early in free agency, and it's flown under the radar just a little bit because they weren't necessarily big, splashy signings. There weren't a lot of moves that they made. But the two moves that really jump out at me that can be franchise-altering, that can really change the trajectory of the AFC playoff race is what the Miami Dolphins have done. Before free agency even began, they go out and for a pittance, they trade for Jalen Ramsey, one of the top two or three cornerbacks in the NFL on a deal with the Los Angeles Rams, and you pair him in the secondary opposite of Xavier Howard. That is the kind of counterpunch, the kind of preemptive counterpunch that you need if you're the Dolphins to go up against and counteract what the Jets did by agreeing to terms or at least getting Aaron Rodgers to want to agree to play for the New York Jets, and especially in a division with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in that division. And, of course, Mac Jones and the Patriots are going to be better. I like what Miami did on defense by getting Jalen Ramsey. And then you bring in David Long from the Tennessee Titans, who had 86 total tackles last year. Those are two moves that are going to dramatically alter the defense of the Miami Dolphins, and they have a great coordinator down there now in Vic Fangio. Everybody knows the kind of defenses that he likes to run. Everybody knows how well-respected Vic Fangio is across the NFL. They got him here. And this is a team that made the postseason a year ago, took the Bills to the brink, and after the moves they made, bringing in Jalen Ramsey and David Long, look out for the Miami Dolphins. And they learned from the mistake, so to speak, of the New York Giants. And they took care of Tua Tungavaloa. They picked up his fifth-year option at $23.4 million in 2024. So effectively, they're out of the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. They're clearly not going to try to trade up to get a first-round pick, to move up to the top of the first round in the draft to take a quarterback. They're going to take this year aiming to build something on what Tagovailoa did last year with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddell, and they're going to see if they can take that next step with Tua and they don't have to worry about him hitting free agency until 2025. So unlike the Giants, who needed to commit $40 million to Daniel Jones coming off of his fourth season, the Dolphins took advantage of the fifth-year option for Tua, and I think that that's going to give them the opportunity to build some continuity in Mike McDaniel's offense, especially with that defense being better. I think they're going to be real opportunities for the Dolphins to take a real big step forward in 2023. Now, one player who hasn't been moved, who's available, but hasn't been moved so far, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. And you look at what he's done in his career. He's one of the more established receivers who are still available this offseason. I would take DeAndre Hopkins if I were building a team over anyone in the NFL draft. And I think that when you look at the desperation that the Chicago Bears showed in getting DJ Moore in that deal with the Carolina Panthers when they moved back from the number one overall pick to number nine, getting DJ Moore, pairing him with Justin Fields, they knew that they needed a game-changing weapon at wide receiver. They knew that you weren't going to find one in this free agent class and that you likely weren't finding one in this year's draft. So you look at DeAndre Hopkins and the Arizona Cardinals are making no real attempts to keep him, it doesn't seem like. He's 31 years old. He surpassed 1,100 receiving yards six times in his career. And you think about his situation, I would think there would be 31 teams burning down the phone lines to try to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. According to one NFL executive that I spoke to in the AFC, 
Hopkins has, quote, not a great locker room reputation coming out of Houston and Arizona, which has made some teams reluctant to trade for him, unquote. Now, the executive believes that Hopkins, at this point in his career, who can take some pressure off of a younger number one wide receiver, but he's more of a possession receiver than the big play dynamic threat that he's been throughout the course of his career. So where does DeAndre Hopkins go from here? Looking around the NFL, through that scope of strong number two, big possession receiver, perfect complement to a young, true number one who you're developing, who makes sense? Well, three teams come to mind, the Atlanta Falcons, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New York Jets. And let's start right here with the New York Jets, because you have a very limited window to win with Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be 40 years old this season. You have Garrett Wilson, who had a pretty dynamic rookie season in New York. You signed Alan Lazard, who still has upside, but one of the big reasons you brought him to New Jersey was because of his familiarity with Rodgers. If you put DeAndre Hopkins in that receiving core, where he doesn't need to be the guy who takes the top off a of defense, that's what Wilson's for. He doesn't necessarily need to be the leading target share guy. That could be Alan Lazard. But in that scope, in that situation, DeAndre Hopkins can really change the outcome of games. You have now, if you're Joe Douglas, if you bring in Alan Lazard and DeAndre Hopkins in the same offseason, you've now built a pretty prolific passing offense with one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the league today who might even be better than that. So I think the Jets make a lot of sense for DeAndre Hopkins. The Steelers. Now, I'm not sure that he's a Pittsburgh type of move. I don't know that this is the type of move, a trade for DeAndre Hopkins, that the Steelers, through their history, will go out of their way to make. But is there a situation in the NFL that the executive described as bringing in a veteran receiver like Hopkins to pair with a young, dynamic number one receiver? Is there a situation that that describes more, that's more fitting than pairing Hopkins opposite of George Pickens? Is there a player available in free agency or the draft or the trade market who could take any more pressure off of Kenny Pickett in his second season as a starter than DeAndre Hopkins? I'll answer that question for you. No, there is not. Hopkins would take all kinds of pressure off of Kenny Pickett. He would allow George Pickens to flourish, and he would command a lot of attention from opposing defenses in a really tough division where you have to deal with the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and, of course, the Baltimore Ravens two times each in division play. So the Steelers can make some sense for DeAndre Hopkins. And finally, I think Atlanta is a really interesting landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. You add him in with Drake London, who you drafted a year ago, who showed that he can walk onto the field as a rookie and be a true number one wide receiver. You pair him with Kyle Pitts, who at his healthiest is a top four tight end in the NFL and a matchup nightmare in the open field. And that's a nice little counterpunch to what the Saints did in signing Derek Carr. And you set up skill players, a collection of skill players, pretty nicely for Desmond Ritter in 2023. And you make Atlanta a soft landing spot if you're going to draft a quarterback in 2024, if that's the route that you're going to go down. So I know DeAndre Hopkins' situation, I think that three teams, the Jets, the Falcons and the Steelers make the most sense as potential destinations for Hopkins. And while Hopkins hasn't been dealt yet, that's a little bit of a surprise. I spent a lot of time this week asking people inside the league, and I wrote this for the column. It goes live on Wednesday. You can check it out at heavy.com. Who their biggest surprise is, what their biggest surprise is of free agency so far. I'm talking to league executives, personnel directors, agents who represent some of the top players at some of the premier positions in the NFL. And it was pretty interesting to me how many people said the tight end market 
was the biggest surprise. And I had the chance to sit down with a, a personnel director in the NFC North, and he basically told me flat out, when you look at the names who have moved, and more importantly, the names that haven't, haven't moved on, or, or the size of the contracts that have been given out at tight end, that the lack of a market at the tight end position is the biggest surprise for this executive because he was really surprised other than the Darren, Darren Waller trade that even though there's a lot of good players at the position in the draft, there were still some talented free agent receiver tight ends. You're talking about Dalton Schultz in Dallas, one year deal with the Houston Texans, Mike Gesicki, really talented pass catcher. They used the franchise tag on him in Miami last season. He goes to, on a one year to new England Patriots. Austin Hooper is still out there. You look at the tight end market, it never really developed. There's been a lot of star power and not a lot of big contracts that have been given out at that position. And according to this executive, he's shocked by that. And I tend to agree. I think that when you look at the two markets that didn't really develop at tight end and running back, I don't think that the the value was there for running backs. Of course, you saw Tony Pollard get franchise tag. You saw Josh Jacobs get franchise tag. You saw Saquon Barkley get franchise tag. So that took some of the star power off of the market. But you look at the other running backs, nobody's really cashed in on that big money deal. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott, who was released by the Dallas Cowboys. And I'd argue a year too late. I know that financially, this is when it made sense to move on from Ezekiel Elliott, that when you look at how the contract was structured, this was the out year. But it's a tough market for Ezekiel Elliott to walk into. And I spoke to an agent familiar with the running back market who represents a couple of high-profile backs, and he told me the big payday isn't coming this time around for Ezekiel Elliott. The strong market isn't there for Ezekiel Elliott. And there aren't that many teams that are looking for a back who has had that much usage through his career, who we've seen his skill set kind of diminish. You know, I had an executive tell me, a GM tell me that he thought that Elliott has lost his burst. He thought that Elliott is no longer a feature number one back. So where does that leave him? If you're talking about an agent believing that perhaps the market value for Ezekiel Elliott is something just above the veteran minimum, and you're talking about a guy who's not a number one back at this stage of his career, where does he go? And almost unanimously, people that I spoke to, both on the team side of the conversation and agents who know the market, almost unanimously, they told me the Buffalo Bills are the team to watch here. And I don't think the Bills are going to have to make a financial commitment, a heavy financial commitment to get Ezekiel Elliott. Because they're not going to have to outbid really anybody. He's still sitting out there almost a week at this point after being released by the Cowboys. And you look at what the Bills and the way that their offense is structured, they have a guy who can be a workhorse in James Cook. You talk to Brandon Bean during the NFL Combine, you hear him talk about their running back situation. They expect more touches from James Cook. They expect an expanded role from James Cook. And they're going to need somebody in there who can be the goal line back. They're going to need somebody in there who, when it's third and two, that you want a bruiser, you hand the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. When it's third and goal from the one-yard line, you need to punch it in. You give it to Ezekiel Elliott. That's the type of role that I could see Ezekiel Elliott landing in with the Buffalo Bills on a cheap, team-friendly contract where you're going to give him the ball 
seven, eight times per game, mostly in goal line and short yardage situations, similarly to how LeGarrette Blunt was used late in his career, both in New England and in Philadelphia, where he won a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl in both places. But the way that he was used as a short yardage battering ram and a goal line back, a touchdown vulture, if you will, in fantasy football, that's the kind of role that I see for Ezekiel Elliott. And when you think about the Buffalo Bills, and you think about that conference and just the gauntlet of the teams that you have to get through, you're going to have to outscore the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to have to outscore the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to have to outscore Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. You're going to have to get by the Dolphins and now the Jets in your own division. Points are going to be at a premium. Settling for field goals isn't going to be good enough. And if you're going to bring him in as a rotational short yardage back, Ezekiel Elliott makes some sense. So I could certainly see. Elliott making some sense, potentially landing with the Buffalo Bills. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed this show. Thanks to Mike Singletary for dropping by. Really enjoyed his insight, his perspective on the league and all things free agency, especially when it pertains to the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. Check out the column on heavy.com. Of course, I am Matt Lombardo. I'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place, right here on the Matt Lombardo Show presented by Heavy Sports.